Welcome to Any Way You Want It. I'm your host, Kaylin McDuff. I'm an LA-based coach for women who want to create lives based on desire. Here on the show, we like to have real conversations about sex, relationships, and life through talks with everyday people, experts, friends, and everything in between, I give you a plethora of options, different relationship models, new mindsets, perspectives, and paradigms. Listen for what sounds interesting to you and follow that. This is just the beginning of you having a life designed entirely from the specificity of your desire. Hi, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Any Way You Want It. Uh, Today, we are really mixing things up. Um, I am in, well, I am interviewing um, Leslie Rogers today. I'm going to tell you more about Leslie in a moment. Um, But my co-interview, interviewer rather, is uh, one of my besties, Agnes Mahalik. Um, Agnes, thank you so much for being here. So excited to be here. <laughs> and so for those of you who listened to my solo episode with with Agnes, this will not be your first time being exposed to her. And quite frankly, I'm like you should probably just get used to her making guest appearances on the show uh because you can clearly tell how much I love her. Um but she so if you haven't yet, go listen to her episode uh which is uh yeah, I don't even know what number it is, but just search Agnes, you'll find it. Um but if you don't know who she is, um, she is uh, she, she supports women who want to go down the path and inside of the art of feminine submission. And so um, when I told Agnes, hey, I'm going to interview Leslie Rogers. Oh, my gosh. Agnes got so excited and so turned on about it that I had to just invite her here uh, to join me today. So thank you for being here. Thank you. Thank you. And it's such an honor to be with you along your side to interview Leslie. Oh, yeah. Amazing. So who is this Leslie guy that we're all just like getting so wet about? Um, So (laughs) Leslie is the founder of the Light Dark Institute. Um, and he really supports people around, um, around light and shadow work. And he's going to talk more about that in a minute. Um, but Agnes and I both encountered him inside of a community. Uh, we are both in, we are both inside of called wealth with, uh, Carolyn Elliott. And we both just heard him speak about getting in touch with the creatures inside of you, um, and we got so lit up by that. And I, I had never heard anybody use that particular um, term, creatures. <laughs> and it just gave me what I noticed when I heard Leslie speak about it is it just gave me so much acceptance and approval and um, play for all of the identities that I have inside of me. And so, you know, as you know, as my listeners on any way we want, any way you want it, like, I love to just give you a buffet of options and really getting in touch with your shadow, I think is um, such a deep part of this work. So Leslie, welcome. Thank you so much for who you are in the world. Thank you for being here. Mm, Thank you, Kaylin. What a wonderful opening. Um, such a, such a pleasure to meet you, Agnes. I'm so grateful to be here and yeah, I'm excited to see what conversation we're going to create together here. Amazing. Well, I would love to just start with, um, how you lay out for people light work versus dark work. When I heard you talk about this, I literally rewinded the recording I was watching like four times <laughs> because I just, I thought it was so brilliant. I had never heard anyone say it this way. So let my listeners into how you really distinguish the difference between the two. Yeah. Um, you know, it, the light and dark is a duality that I think on some level is an illusion anyway. 
in terms of what I'm about to say, but it's a useful illusion when trying to kind of take apart the efforts one goes through to try to find healing and transformation. So I, we, and, and I just want to let you know, I'm the co-founder of Light Dark Institute. My partner, Tani Cole, is also a founder. I just, just want to say that because I'm going to be referencing her totally. occasionally in this. Um, and uh, the, so, so light work is basically, you have an issue. There's something that's causing suffering. There's something that's causing um, a pattern in your life that's challenging, or there's just a way you really want to like get better, more skilled, optimize yourself. Mm-hmm. And light work is a, is a kind of like the healing approach. It's going in, finding what's the block, what's the thing that's you know, tied together. What's the thing that's stuck? What's the, what's the inner child that's not resourced and how do you bring love and resource support, trust, all those things into that spot so that then when you get through it, you're more uh, able to show up in the way that you want to in the world. Right. Mm-hmm. So you, the light work is you have a goal on some level and, and like an agenda and you're moving towards it. Oh, I love that. A goal or even like a, I imagine, uh, like a desire or something, right? Mm-hmm. Like that's specific. Yeah. And, and the, the important thing about light work is it's a, it's a, it's a desire for something that you currently don't see available for yourself. Mm-hmm. Right. Or, or, yeah, this is kind of a broad topic because we're going to be talking about internal right. transformation. We can talk about behavioral transformation and we can talk about manifesting and the, all those things. Um, and then dark work is taking that agenda away and facing all the ways that we reject, deny, dismiss, hate parts of ourselves and the world. And in order for dark and, and, and realize like, okay, maybe I'm, I'm going to assume I'm a good person. I'm a whole person that every part of me is actually valuable and I'm going to learn from who I am rather than tell myself or the world how it should be. Mm. So dark work is an embrace of wholeness. It's a presumption that everything is perfect <laughs> as it is and doesn't need to change. <laughs> and the way that works, because it can kind of feel like that's kind of like doing versus being right. But with dark work, it's like, it's like really, it's, it's pointing at the places where you, darkness is consciously or unconsciously created in your life. And by darkness, I mean, rejection, denial, that which you can't see because it's been either pushed out of the way out of, out of sight by, by those things. So like, like this part of myself is awful. It's done nothing but bad things in the world. And it's, it's just caused me so many problems. And ultimately I want to get rid of it. And the, the challenge, if you just do light work, on the parts like that is you're going to always have this catch 22 where you try to go in and change some part of you. And that part of you is like, no way, no. And, and you're, it's not going to change. You, you can, it'll, you, it's like kind of like squeezing out a tube, like you can squeeze it one area and it's going to blow up in another area, right? Like you can repress it, but then it'll boil over. So mm-hmm. light work alone, isn't going to get you to the place of, to, 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 you know, it's kind of, it's an ironic approach. That's why there's both, right? Like light work, you want yeah. to get somewhere or dark work, you have to drop the agenda altogether, but through embodiment, there's this whole other magic, this whole other possibility that opens up when we actually go in and embody those parts of ourselves that we rejected or denied. And that is, you are more than who you thought you were. There is more available in your beliefs, in your knowledge of the world. There's underneath in these dark, hidden, horrible places inside of ourselves, our access to ancestral wisdom, because these patterns contain within them a wisdom that's passed down through the ages. <laughs> they, mm-hmm. they contain within them all sorts of like, and, and if you've never experienced this, it sounds like magic, but if you've experienced it, it's just like, oh my God, like suddenly I could say that thing or be that person or that voice or have a skill that I never even had before. Or, but, but ultimately the best part about it is suddenly I looked out at the world and found that there was actually nothing wrong. There was nothing wrong with me. 
and there was nothing wrong with the world and that all my judgments were so small compared to what this part that I was judging is what's available in here with the wisdom and the like, like, yeah, maybe there's some parts in here in the light work approach that I've kind of twisted up and I need to do some untwisting. Yeah. Like one part countering the other. And so it produced a behavior that was really, I, I did not like, but that crosswire is the crosswire, not the part, not the child, not the essence uh, that's hidden behind your internalized judgment. So good. I love your explanation. It, it's so, such a brilliant way to really name the two and how they're so intrinsic to one another and how they really relate to one another. It's so beautiful. Can you share? So now knowing kind of like what these two entities are, um, can you share a little bit more of like, you know, why is it that the dark is so important for us to go into? And like, how do you embody that? I feel like so many people have fear around like, what does this mean? And, and what will I become? And what will happen? And so I would love to hear a little bit more of like, what, what does that look like? And how do you embody and, and what becomes when you do go into the dark? <laughs> Great. <That's laughs> <laughs> well, there's like a three-parter in there. Which, uh, <laughs> I'll start with the first part, which is like, why would you do this? Mm -hmm. um, because that is a really good question. And, and there's a lot. I think everyone has parts. There's our, 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 our ego consciousness, the idea of ourself. It really looks like a bad idea to go into real darkness. Always. Because this is the spot where if you do say are this, you'll be a bad person and no longer deserve belonging or worth or love. Right. Like, so why would you do that? Why? And there's so many more things like, why would I go in there? That part of me is dangerous. Why would I go in there? That part of me is, is just hopeless and helpless and stupid. The part of me is needy. Ooh, gross. Yeah, what if I why never get the out? Worst <laughs> yeah. And the, the worst of the worst is neediness, right? Like that's like across the board in most of our workshops, most of the work that we do with people, neediness, when it comes down to it, showing how needy we really are and really accessing that or feeling how needy we really are for connection is brutal. And it can seem because oftentimes we get patterns like if I'm needy, if I'm seen as needy, then I won't get what I want. But so then I cover over my needs, I cover over my desires, and I never actually ask for what I want, or I never actually reveal what I want. It creates all kinds of amazing fractals of patterns with our interactions with people that make it, even though we might sometimes get what we want, we have to do a lot of work, go through a lot of suffering to get there. So what darkness is, embracing darkness, and the reason, I'm, you know, I, you could, like, conceivably, you could approach the whole thing through light work only. I don't actually think that's true because I think you're always going to have an egoic self reclaiming every piece of work you've ever done. Yeah. <laughs> right? well, like, I want to say something about that. Well, the thing I heard um, in what you just shared is, is like, okay, the choice is you can go all the way into this or like this shit is going to be seeping out the side of you in unconscious ways. <laughs> Mm -hmm. right and so it's like if you are making a conscious choice then you have power here mm -hmm. but like you said i think the issue is where people don't acknowledge that this is a part of us and then it's like coming out in weird ways mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and and a lot of you know part of this is built on trauma so we're, we're traumatized around a desire or an idea of self it's a certain stage and we can, so then that part becomes, it's like, oh, that's bad. Like, we don't even think about it. It's just unconsciously placed there, right? And um, I think what I want to say is like, if we don't approach, like just what you said, if we don't approach it consciously, it comes anyway. Like there's, it, it, it's there anyway, no matter what. Uh, and oftentimes in ways that are even more of the thing you're afraid of than the fear you would have of going in, right? Like, like if you, if you, if you keep repressing, it will, 
it will bleed out into a much bigger impact in your life. So like if I repress my rage, um, mm-hmm. which is something I've done, right? Like I, I, I've repressed my rage. What happens is I more and I, I shrink every other part of myself in order to hold it in, in order to hold myself back. And now my expression is stunted. I go through days, months, years, lifetime of, of shrinking myself in order to hold this rage back. And then that rage, when it finally does get ticked off and I can no longer control it, it comes out and does all sorts of unknown harm, whether to myself or to others. Um, whereas if I take the cap off and I consciously choose to go into my rage and really embody it, and, and the, that leads to the next question around embodiment is like, how do we embody these things? Because our bodies are, are like the way our minds work, our bodies are literally terrified of our judgments that our minds, if our minds say, no, that's dangerous. The body goes, ah, that's dangerous. <laughs> like, I believe you hundred percent mind that's dangerous. So it can feel like when you're approaching dark work, like you're walking up to a cliff to jump off of. Mm-hmm. And, you know, whatever your edge is in, in the physical, in the external world, you know, that, that it can be magnified times 10 when you're approaching a dark spot in yourself, because it, you're approaching a spot that is usually very alone. That's, that's part of what makes it dark. You, there's no one else. There's no one there to walk you off the edge and to say like, Oh no, I jumped first. See, now you can jump, you know, like you have other examples of people who are like, well, that person's really embodied with their rage, but can I, when you get into there, it's, it's a very lonely place, the very like, and, and is it safe? Is it okay? And the, the answer is like anything. It's like, if you jump too high at first and you do something unskillfully, it can actually hurt you. Right. So you do need to like approach it with care. right? And for <laughs> me, what care means is actually getting what consent is. Yeah, getting what feeling yourself and feeling others is, and what because that's actually the, the biggest to me the biggest reward of exploring darkness is that if we don't explore our darkness we can't live consensually because we're repressing sensation in our bodies and by repressing sensation we can't feel others and we can't feel ourselves which leads us to that fact that we can't feel our yes and our no and so when we can't feel our yes or our no we need to create moralities, stigmas, shame, fear, in order to try to mitigate the damage of our inability to feel whether we're a yes or a no to something, whether we really want to participate in something or whether it would be good for our relationships and our lives to participate in something with someone else, right? Like that when we have, when we're in touch with our full being, we can feel it all. And I, I don't think once you can feel your whole being, you don't need externalized or conditioned belief systems in order to admit, to control your behavior, you can start to learn who you are from the inside coming out and start to learn how to live consensually with others. And then, and then the awesome part, the part that I'm always like, this is the way it's just the great, it's the best entertainment ever, like better than movies, <laughs> better than VR, better than anything is like you become something like when you get into that part of you that you've rejected, even the like lowliest, weakest stuff, the powerful stuff's great too, but like even though like lowly weeks of when that comes through you and you stand in your power for the first time ever, or you finally give it up to that part of you that's just so mean, he just wants so much, he just wants so much, I really want it. This when you can feel that, when you can let that come through, on the other side of that is like, wow, Matt, worlds of desire, worlds of relaxation, worlds of pleasure, and what can feel like magic to your identified self where you can start feeling pleasure where there was only pain. You can find love where there was only suffering. You can find visions of all kinds of psychic phenomenon where before there was just a a belief system put in its place so anyway i'm kind of going oh off on a my large gosh. thing okay just i just want to uh just to reflect um so my listeners can't see you right but hopefully through that verbal transmission you could just feel the way that leslie like went into those creatures in that moment like talk about just fully embodied and i could just see and sense the just the amount of freedom that you have 
around all of these identities. Ah, like this is how the thing I'm so present to in this conversation, you know, it's like, I know these things, but being in a conversation about this just reminds me of how like this work is the way for people to get free. (laughs) So thank you um, for being such a visual and audio representation of that. <laughs> yeah, and I, 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 I just I, I'm here. I'm here to give permission for it for it. So I do it internally, so I can give it out. So I can say it's a, like if if we don't have to repress any parts of ourselves, even our violent parts, and that's the part that's like oh, because everyone has violent parts. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Everybody. Right. Well, and and I really appreciate that you're bringing the conversation about like this can look a lot of different ways, because I I think when we talk about dark work or shadow work, you know, people automatically go to anger, things like that, you know, and that is part of it. But I've also learned I'm like my little girl. Oh, my gosh. You know, she's in my darkness, but she's been coming out and wow, like it's just a whole world when I really let her be seen, you know, but she's just a very, very tender part of me. Yeah, Mm. you're like illustrating these, you're really like bringing forth to light how we hold all of these nuances within our whole selves. And to like give them the space to be and to exist and to express like that creates the alchemy for us to have like full, true acceptance of our whole self instead of just what the good, the like quote unquote good accepted you, what you should be and what you should look like when we're holding all of these other pieces too, like rage and anger that isn't as acceptable to be expressed. And so like for you to really bring everything to the forefront of like, yes, this is all of who you are. Yes. Give it full expression. And I love what you were saying of that. It brings forth, you said something like how it creates love where there wasn't, where there was need or you, you, you added two little analogies, that, which I thought were really illuminating to the alchemy happens Mm. and the healing that happens when these quote-unquote darker parts of ourselves are gifted space to exist and to be and to be seen and to be accepted that is like it's gorgeous that you're illuminating that beautifully Mm. well and I would love to um I would love to hear So I think, you know, in this conversation, right, people are probably getting present to like, oh, gosh, I have a lot of different creatures or identities or shadows that might want to come out, even if I don't have full approval for it yet. Oh, Oh my gosh. Well, and so, you know, I'd be curious to hear um, how you support people to get all of those parts working together. You know, this, this is something I'm learning. Like I have a dark queen bitch and (laughs) my little girl and like both of them like want to be in the driver's seat in my business and my dating life, you know, and the little girl's like, but we don't trust, like, you're going to like, you know, find a man that won't break our heart. And, you know, say what all, all she gets to voice all of her concerns. Right. And then the dark queen bitch comes in and it's just, you know, going crazy. Um, and <laughs> so, right. And, and for my listeners, think about like, who are all those, you know, people that are sort of trying to be in the driver's seat in different version, different places in your life. And then Leslie, I'd love to like hear how people can work with all of those parts and have them really working together. Yeah, I well, I love you bringing up your creatures there too, because that <laughs> you know it's for me. There's like there's two things to think about when approaching darkness. Is the first is love, like 
I'm here to love all of me. If I'm not, then I'm not actually approaching darkness in a, in a way that's that I'm talking about in terms of dark work. Like if I'm approaching it because I'm afraid and I want it to go away, it's light work. You'll, or at least that that's a unconscious light agenda. I'm not saying that is light work, but there's a there's an agenda yeah. and I need this part to go away. So it's like love. I'm here to love you, to be with you, to hold you. Right. And from the light, it's like so that you can feel resourced and I can learn who you are and we can grow together. And, um, and from the dark, it's like so that I can be you so that I can stop making you separate from me and I can mm -hmm. learn what you have to offer. And so like and so so the other part of that that comes into it is a question of power. And the the thing that keeps us believing in traumatized conditioned realities that cause us suffering, right? You shouldn't have desire. You shouldn't have needs. You shouldn't want that. You shouldn't be this kind of person. You shouldn't be that kind of, those kinds of people are bad. All of these, all of these kind of like conditioned states is, is a question of power. And what happens with, when we, when we approach darkness is we're always afraid we're going to lose our power because mm -hmm. it was in order to gain back our power that we suppressed it, that we shun shunned it, or that we took on others shunning of it. Mm -hmm. We got back our power. And if I go into this, I'm going to lose my power. So, so the key thing with approaching darkness, the only way to do it is to do it in a way that you're a full yes to, you can't, mm -hmm. you can't force you can't you can't force your, any part of you across the finish line. Everybody's got to be a yes, or at least a I'm willing to be here with this. And yeah. um, and and in in terms of just your own expression in the world, this can be easier. But when you're trying to like interact with other people, so like let's say you're a little girl in dating life, Kaylin, like yeah, it might be easy for you to access her when you're alone. But when you're out on a with a guy and or whoever and you're you're wanting to that she's out she's there she's available what do you do right like yeah. generally we suppress those parts we go oh that's okay like i got i got an older version of myself to come in and go so i feel this way about life and i think this way about life and blah 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 blah. whatever like we pretend we create we lie right about ourselves right. all the time like everybody's a liar like literally no everyone is a <laughs> Yes. Everyone is a liar. Yes. <laughs> and, and that's another thing to get good within yourself is you're a liar. You're going to, cause you're going to find what a lot, what a liar you really are when you go in, because you're going to see how you not through, not consciously, but how you pretended and played roles and played parts and said things that just simply were not true. Said yes. When you were a no, no, when you were a yes, this is all scary stuff, right? To, an identity that requires you to be good and perfect, very mm -hmm. scary. But to a flexible being who sees identity as a piece of clothing, right? Versus a sense of self, right? Like I take this identity on because I want to wear it today versus I take this identity on because if I don't, people are going to kill me and reject me and I'm not going to be okay. And oh my God. Mm -hmm. So, so it's, this is where it's a question of power. And in, so in order to go into the darkness, you have to be willing to give, quote unquote, give your power away. But it's, it's not really, you can feel that way. Mm -hmm. And in order to do that, you need to create a sense of safety, a sense that you can gain back your power once you've done it. You can, if something goes, if, if something doesn't go through all the way or something doesn't feel good, you can return and not just go through a re-traumatization because the pattern wants to relive itself. Right. Like mm -hmm. if I got abused when I was young, I, I'll want to abuse or be abused. Like mm -hmm. it's just the pattern. Right. It's I was <laughs> it's, it's this is the way love is it's expressing itself. So if I want to go into an abusive a part of me that wants to do, say, violence mm -hmm. and I want to I want to bring that forward and see what's really in there without repressing or suppressing, but also without hurting anyone, without causing damage. How do you do that? And that's where it comes down. And so I'm explaining all this just to like, yeah, say, set the stage, safe containers, safe, safe spaces for you to express. And sometimes the safe space can be you by yourself, just really letting this 
going in and expressing the rage, like expressing the needing, expressing the grief, whatever it is. Right. But how do you do that when you're actually in relationship with others? How do you bring your little girl out and feel safe when you're out on a date? Mm. More advanced play. Because if you haven't had the experience of loving her and knowing she's an awesome participant on a date, <laughs> for example, in yeah. anywhere, like there's nothing wrong with her whatsoever. Yeah. Just your ideas of what might be wrong with her. I'm just using her as an example. Like, sure. Like she, she shouldn't come out now because you'll think I'm just a little immature, a little girl, like I'm needy or whatever, whatever those thoughts are, right? But sure. she comes out full love and approval and all she looks like is the sexiest little thing you ever saw. <laughs> yeah. Because now you're vulnerable, you're inviting your in, you know, one way to put it, feminine surrender, like the fem, the art of feminine surrender, you're like truly exposing and showing yourself mm-hmm. there. And, and, and so, so the, the, it, it, what we want to do is create, how do we get bridge our disapproval of ourselves and others mm-hmm. with the loving ourselves and then loving ourselves with others? How do we, how do we create that bridge? And that's where in our work, we use BDSM or kink. Um, and, um, and, and you, you've referenced it, but it's like an amazing container that really actually is much more than, uh, oftentimes appears BDSM appears to be some like a kind of form of sexuality. I think that it gets pigeonholed into versus the way I think about it is a container for playing out parts that we consider unsafe. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. sadists who want to torture masochists who want to be tortured and this happens both in the physical and emotional levels mm-hmm. um so so creating and i use bdsm in terms of like how do we play this out with each other in a safe way with safe words so that we have words that can pull us out when we feel unsafe or like when this isn't like there's some part of me it's not a full yes we need to reorient so like i'm a full yes in going into my darkness and through negotiations and really setting up, setting the stage well in order for me to feel and everyone to feel like this is consensual and we're really going in. So these are kind of like the tools of, that we work with for embodiment relationally. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Then, and and we, we, we work with individuals on that. We like literally take people into dungeons for days oh. and externalize their there we, we play in person with you with our <laughs> creatures with your creatures to externalize these things in all kinds of ways you feel caged in yourself they can put you in a cage oh. you know or you put us in a cage or whatever like all those things to embody out externalized what's the internal inside yeah so that's uh, like yeah i hear there's i hear that there's a dungeon bed and breakfast yes <laughs> 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 I just have a feeling that at some point, I don't know when, I am definitely going to be checking into your dungeon bed and breakfast. <laughs> Wonderful. <laughs> Mark my words. Mm-hmm. <sighs> and, 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 and I'm saying all this just to kind of put a word yeah. out there for BSM. So I think a lot of people see it as like, uh, it, it has stigmas and it has. Uh, kind of associations that it's like, oh, BDSM's form of sexuality. And I just want to put it out there. It's a container for exploring and and you can explore your sexuality within it, but for exploring parts of yourself and others that you find unsafe. Yes. Oh my gosh. I, yeah, I love, um, I love your, your language around it. Um, and just the expansiveness to have people really see that it's, uh, yeah, it's just going into parts of you that you don't have full approval for to create that level of approval and, and to heal. I mean, um, yeah, I think it's like, you know, people think whips and chains and all of these things, and it can be that, but it could also just be a really tender moment of me fall, falling apart, you know, inside of my little girl archetype, you know, on someone's lap. Like it could be anything. Mm-hmm. Huh. Ooh. Thank you for bringing that 
um, kind of like outline to the structure of it really is like BDSM does have a lot of um, so many like heavy layers and misconceptions of, of what it is and it's not true all the way and it really is like the structure is so beautiful for for you to then create whatever it is that you want to go into and create for yourself it's such a huge realm of possibility mm. and if you would be willing to share of course keeping things confidential but if you can share maybe some of the experiences that you've seen your your clients have and and kind of like what their processes have looked like and what has happened for them yes definitely so many <laughs> so many um um you know once i'll just say what what arises in my mind is there's a lot we we had we were working with someone who was um working with her rage at her dead brother for his death and her own um and uh she was the way so so when there's like rage is it's hard to get out like we like to create a circumstance where it's like starts to let it out and, and people you, you've seen this emotional processing of taking a bat and hitting something or if you've ever heard of this sort of thing like just like embodying rage and letting yeah. it out and i'm always like that's awesome and great and like what you know all that energy is just going to waste on this object non-consensually when you could have a person there consensually receiving it and receiving and feeling with you the impact of that rage of that of that of those sort of those feelings and and as a way of externalizing it even more than just what's coming through you but seeing it reflect back at you and so we were having her basically flog me using strips of leather to like strike me and start to express that rage and grief that she was feeling. And um, I was receiving this, and but she, you know, it became so she, she was so full on, like she, like the, the the part of her that hadn't been expressed came on so strongly and just completely. She was yelling and screaming at her brother. And at that, and and the sensations like entering me, which for me is not, I, I, it's not painful. I, I I don't do anything to tolerate. I, I'm receiving it as sensation and immense amounts of pleasure and all kinds of things that you, it's hard to hard to put into words. Um, but also the grief is filling me. The feelings are filling me, and the words about her from for 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 who what he wants to say to her start mm -hmm. to, to pour out of me as she's striking me. You know, the love and the and the and the like response of of just like like what it is to be him is coming through me. And that moment when she's broke down in tears and that that resentment was through her whole childhood and her whole life like stuck in there. And she had approached it in the light, trying to heal it so many times, but just getting to that place where she could just like fully let it out, fully express it and have it received by a living person mm -hmm. who could, who could hold that for her have that reflection back where she could finally feel that bit of that grief that she had been holding on to that kept the, the, the pattern, the program running. Um, and then she was able to move that energy and, and release it, express it. And also we have this incredible magical moment of, mm -hmm. of feeling his presence there deeply feeling his presence coming through me her feeling his presence between us um Beautiful. yeah that's that's one example there's such a there's such a gorgeous element to being seen and received by another human being that you just don't get through doing some other healing modalities by yourself which are beautiful in their own right and serve in their own right and are powerful in their own right. And to like come into a space, particularly in your shadow, in your darkness, in these deeper spots where you have so much fear of like what's going to happen when these are seen and then being met by another human being. It's so alchemical 
that I feel like has such a special element to it that we don't have many places for. Mm -hmm. And like, that's where I love how you're describing, like, that's where this, this beauty exists in this realm of Mm -hmm. like the structure of BDSM. It's yes, the whips and chains, but like, oh my gosh, it's so much more (laughs) to be there with another human being for these opportunities. Yeah. Thank you. I, I love that you shared an example because I feel like that really helps to land it in for, for people to kind of get a sense of what this could be. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and I, I want to add to that what you're just saying is so dead on. And it's so good. It's so yummy. It's so delightful. There's so much magic in it. Like it's literally like some incredible experience. Like it's like a great ride. It's, it's, it's incredible. Like once you, it's like the thing you most feared and worried about becomes the most pleasurable thing. It's off the hook where light becomes oh. dark, light, things flip around, right? And that's not even the best part. That's <laughs> just the that moment, part? right? Oh the best part is when you come out with a visceral experience of what it's like to be that part of yourself, to be loved, to, to, to not, to see, to know that's not something separate from me. That is me. What that does to your capacity to be in the world, the resiliency you now have to like face others who might externalize that part of you, to 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 have the wisdom and the 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 open the voice the 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 access the oftentimes it's power that we suppress the power, the the willingness to take power when it's wanted and and when 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 what we're, we're called to like take power in a moment to like really stand up in it but we were told we couldn't now we can. The, the, the willingness to really express our need and desire. All this just like, it's like the reason I love dark work and why I think maybe someone could do it and find all the transformation through light work alone. But in my experience, it is so much slower. And I'm not, it's not unnecessary. Light work is totally necessary, even when you're working in the dark. So I'm not dismissing it, but I'm saying right. if you don't do dark work with it, you're like years of therapy can happen in a moment with yeah. dark work. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Oh God. I feel like we could just uh you, the three of us could just be on a dark work journey for like 24 hours and we'd be like, oh my gosh, like do we need to eat? I don't even know. Just, <laughs> so many little uh so many little tunnels for us to go down. Yeah. Um well, I am curious. Um, so, you know, I imagine, um, you know, people who are listening to this, right, uh, have all sorts of backgrounds and different comfort levels with, uh, you know, even talking about something like BDSM, right? It's like, it's a pretty new concept. Um, I find a lot of the time when I just bring it in the world. Mm-hmm. Um, so for somebody that's listening to this and it's like, okay, I think I'm curious about my shadows. <laughs> I, you know, I feel like I'm a yes to looking at this. What are some ways, just some small practices that people can take on to just start to create approval and start to practice with these different identities? Um, one is now that you know it, it's something really simple. It's just a mirror. You can use a mirror and mm-hmm go in front of the mirror. And so, so the, the way in is, I hate this part of myself. Well, what's the judgment of this part of yourself? It's, he's a lazy slob. Okay, he's a lazy slob, great. All right, be the lazy slob. Let's see him. What's he look like? What's he feel like? Look at him in the mirror. And you can feel all your, potentially all your judgments and dislike and whatever come towards him. But then see if you can start like, Get more into him. Get more into what it's like to be him, to enjoy, to what is, where is his enjoyment? Where is his pleasure? Where is he enjoying life? Why is he here? What do you love about him? Why is he always here? Why is he always around? Like, so start asking him questions like this in the mirror, not questions of like, why are you fucking up my life? Right. You can ask that. You can go for like, it. Right? Like and going you respond, it's like, because you, you're a fucking <laughs> asshole. You hate me. I fuck you. you keep saying yes to shit that I don't want to do because I don't want to do it. I don't do it. I just sit here. I just fucking sit here until you actually say yes to something you really want to be a yes to. You can have, you could enter into a oh conversation God. like that with them, or it could just be like, 
inquiry into the embodiment, right? And so yeah. the mirror creates the ability for you to to start to see potentially new aspects of that being than you kind of just imagined in your mind. Like almost like going on a date with one of your shadows, like from like like genuine curiosity. Oh my gosh. Like, what would you want to eat if you could just have anything? And what are your desires and what are you scared of? And what do you love? And what do you want to say? Oh my God. I'm just getting so many ideas. Yes. Yes. And, and here's the other, the other part about, you know, just kind of on a process level of exploring your darkness. This is really about, you know, one way I think about this is that these are all desires Mm -hmm. that you have that have said you can't have it. Right. Like I'll just keep using the lazy slob, right. The lazy slob's like, I really like enjoying life and relaxing and doing whatever's easy. No, (laughs) you can't do that. Right. Like, no. So it's like, Okay, get it. What what is the what is the desire of the lazy slob? Cool. And now, and I'm covering a lot because there's a lot right. here. Usually, yeah. there's a there's a sadomasochistic dynamic within us. Like there's the lazy slob, and then there's the taskmaster, mm-hmm. right? So like, okay, who's who's the one who wants to get rid of the ta- the lazy slob or hates the lazy slob or is just like constantly like you shouldn't be this way, you should be the other way. Go to your taskmaster. And now here, here's the work is like, what it ask each of them, what is your desire? What do you want? And write it down. And then ask yourself as you look at their desire, can is this, is this, do you want, do you, do you like, is there, is what, what do you want for that desire? Do you want it? Can you have this desire? And that's, to me, like the, the biggest cap on darkness, the real cap, or another way to put it, is this notion in ourselves uh, that is like, I want that, but I can't have it because I'd be seen as bad. I wouldn't, you know, it would destroy my life. It would blah, blah, blah. But what if you can have it? What if you can have it and it doesn't destroy your life? So the question is like, what do they want? And can you have it? Can you have what they want and what you want too? So that would be another area of practice to start like opening that channel up. Uh huh. Totally. Oh my gosh. This is, I'm taking notes for myself, um, you know, because I'm, I'm seeing the possibility and just looking at this list of desires and then being able to sort of just extract like, oh, here's the high level thing that my whole person desires from that. Right. It's like I can just imagine I'm just thinking about some of mine and I'm like, wow, can sort of just see how like all of my identities play a part in my big desires. And then if I can actually just like uh, get specific on where where the littler desires are coming from, there's freedom in that. Mm -hmm. Ah, Leslie, Mm -hmm. you are a brilliant creature. Oh my gosh. Creatures. <laughs> creatures. So many brilliant creatures. So many brilliant creatures. Let's so many see. brilliant creatures between all of us. I mean, so, so, so much of what comes out of me is in relationship to you. So they're our creatures. Our creatures. Right? I don't even know who I am until you tell me, until we show up here in this <laughs> What brilliant creatures we are. Oh here. gosh. I love it. So as we start to wind down, um, I would love for you to share what you have coming up at the Light Dark Institute um, with you and Tani, um, ways that people can get a hold of you. Um, we'll put everything in the show notes, but um, yeah, tell tell the people what they should know. Yes. Well, the, the Light Dark Institute is making its first foray really into online. Um, and I've been working with people online and in, in dark typo play, I call it dark and typo play. Um, and, and, and doing sessions like that, it's been really amazing and powerful. And I'm, I'm wanting to put together kind of a, a, it's a beta testing group, a small group of people hand selected who want to really, it's going to be over like a video conferencing like Zoom. And we're going to meet each week and start to explore our darkness and use each other and what we're, what we're working with to start using these tools to start bringing out and exploring this darkness. And, um, 
Uh, that one I have a, a link that I that, that you have yep. just to schedule if you're if you're interested and and it's and it's available if this blows up in some level maybe I'll have to change how we're doing this but like <laughs> I'm willing to have a 15 minute conversation with you to see yeah. if that's a fit for us because I want to get this program started and going so that link is out there it, within the show notes and then the other thing I'll say is uh, other online sessions I mentioned mentioned archetypal play sessions you can sign up for the 15 minute if you're interested in that. If you're interested in the light dark experience, which is the like me and Tani and you, or Tani and I and you and in the dungeon our, bed and breakfast. In the dungeon people. for three days, our attention entirely on your process, on your intentions that you bring in, and we jump off and we go into play. It's not a workshop, it's a it's a scene, but there are a lot of uh hold there's coaching and holding that comes with it as well. But um, if you're interested in that, you can sign up on our website, lightdarkinstitute.com send in an application and we'll set up a, we can set up a time to have a conversation about that possibility. Uh, um, amazing. Um, anything you want to say, Agnes, as we wrap up? Thank you so much. It's, I mean, Kayla and I adore you and love being by your side for this opportunity. And Leslie, it's such an honor and privilege to interview you and co-interview you and, and really tease and pick out your br brilliant brain full of multiple multiple creatures so thank you for for this opportunity it's been so much fun thank you thank you Agnes. thank you kayla so such wonderful what a wonderful time meeting you and getting to have this is such an honor oh i just love all of it i'm so turned on thank you leslie thank you agnes i just adore both of you and um have a great day, everybody. See you next time. Thank you so much for listening in today. If you got something from this episode, please share it with someone in your life and pop on over to iTunes to give us a five-star review. I'm so committed to more people custom creating their sex, relationships, and lives from desire. And this podcast is a big part of that. If you have ideas for the show or want to learn more about working with me as a coach, head on over to my Instagram at Kaylin McDuff or my website, kaylinmcduff.com. See you next time.